Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production. Available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson on Demand. It's a big, it's a big day. It's a... Opening day in the Canadian Football League. How about that? People are people are jacked. Yeah. My phone's going off all day with fans of all CFL teams just so excited that there's a game tonight. It's CFL opening night. And as I saw on uh, SportsCenter this morning, it's been 620 days, apparently, since the last game. Winnipeg's a lot. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Hey, good day, Canada. Welcome to the RP Show. It's hour two. I say good afternoon to those in the East. Good morning to the rest of us in the West. We're coming to you from the bunker. You're seeing a brand new face here in this second half kickoff for Core Grain. Core Grain, our newest partner here at the RP Show, doing the right thing for your farm. They bring you this second half kickoff in the entire second hour. Julio Caravata is in studio. He is the longtime radio color voice of the BC Lions, former BC Lions quarterback, punter, great cup champion, and again, it's a long time ago. Uh, nah, does it feel like that long ago? It was, it was not only a long time ago; it was a long, a, a lot of LBs ago. It was a lot of everything ago. Well, it's, it's my life. You played thick. Come I on, did, you did play thick. <laughs> my dad was a thick man. So Is that right? Go. Yes. I appreciate you coming up to the bunker yeah, here well, on it's game. Nice. Day. I, well, when I when I've seen you, this looks uh, you know impressive uh, when you watch, and it's impressive when you get here. Nice well, I appreciate setup, buddy. That. Thank you. Very nice. Well, we like to. Uh, have fun here. Yeah. We're proud of it. And uh, this is exactly what we wanted. And I'm telling you, I knew with the CFL kicking off, it was going to be great for us. We could preview the game yesterday, preview tonight's game, and break down last night's game. 19-6, Winnipeg Blue Bombers beating the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Trust me, we're going to get to the Riders and Lions tonight. But what was your takeaway? You obviously well, watched it. Yeah, no, I watched it. I, 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 I think I, as much hype as, as it's all getting and it, like, like it should, um, they haven't played in 642 yeah. days. No, tra- uh, you know, I mean, no, no preseason games. Just the training camp, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just one of those guys. I've learned over the years that there's just no way, Roddy, of being able to replicate the the pressure and anxiety that comes with a game, right? So you can do all you want in in practices, but it's just not the same. So you know, these guys now are going from training camp s- scenarios to all of a sudden playing a regular season game and sure they're all emotional it's all you're hyped and stuff but still there's going to be I think a lot of rust there um, execution wise and you know I, w- I would expect for all the teams heading out that there's no one that's going to come out and just kind of light it up unless there's you know some colossal mistakes on both sides of the mm-hmm. ball but um, everyone has to start somewhere and this is where they're they're going to start for sure and I expected a lot more sloppiness than we saw last night. We didn't. I mean, I was talking about it last hour. We didn't see drop passes. We didn't see missed tackles. We didn't see procedure calls, offside calls. We didn't see any of that, at least not when I watched. I did fall asleep before it was over. It did get a little boring. But the start was great. Welcome to my world, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to this stage of life. Exactly right. (laughs) But So they're saying there might be a quarterback controversy in Hamilton because uh, Jeremiah Masoli, opening drive, looked lights out, and then after that, something changed. 
But for Zach Caleros in Winnipeg, I was talking the last hour with Smitty, it didn't happen in Saskatchewan for Zach, but it's happening in Winnipeg for Zach. He looks great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they got a, they got a good team. He's a veteran quarterback. He understands, uh, you know, everything that is happening on a field, Roddy. And that, to me, is, is everything. When you have a quarterback that steps out there and is in complete control of the game, you mean he's super confident in his game plan, he's super confident in what the defense is going to do, and it's just a matter of going out and executing. Um, you know, you can tell those guys, you know, that the Caleros, the, the Bo Levi's, the Riley's, those kinds of guys, Trevor Harris, you know, when they step onto the field, they're a threat because of that experience and that veteran leadership. Mm-hmm. So to tonight's game, and we invite the comments from the Bomber fans and the Ticats fans too, but a lot of people want to know what you think is going to go down with the BC Lions at the Saskatchewan Rough Riders tonight. I've seen 6.5 favorites. Saskatchewan blows me away. Yeah, that's, a, that's to me a little high, right? Considering, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of change, a lot of change for both teams, right? So, um, I, I can't see I can't see that kind of score unless I, like you say if somebody's going to come out and absolutely crap the bed and, and turn the ball over seven times. Um, but uh, this is going to be a fairly I think fairly close game. Uh, it's going to be really interesting because there's so much change I think on both both mm-hmm. both teams. I was, you know with the Lions, you know they've on offense. I think uh, you know I heard uh, uh, Craig talk about this in the, the previous hour about the Lions getting Riker Matthews. I think he's really solidified that right side of the offensive line. The other guy that kind of, and he mentioned Peter Godber at center. I think he's obviously a guy that's been in the system but hasn't been healthy. Um, now is healthy, healthy. But I'd look at a guy like Suk Chung, who played in 2019 hurt, and it really, really affected the way I think he played. Um, I think he's got a chip on his shoulder about proving that he's the player that everyone thought he was going to be. And sometimes when you have that motivation, and that whole offensive line has that motivation, everyone talks about the 58 sacks and how bad they were and they, could, they, they were getting their quarterback killed. Well, you live with that for a long time, right? Because that's been the big question mark. Yep. Guys start to say to themselves, hey, um, they start to take it personal, right? And, and, and I get that sense that there's a real chip on that offensive line sh- uh, shoulder that they want to prove that they're, they're not as bad as people think they are. I'm sure there is, but here's the thing, Julio. I mean, you and I talk. You know that I'm not working in the league actively now, but I'm talking to people every day. And somebody said to me the other day, with the Lions and their sacks, they said, that's Riley's fault. He holds on to the ball too long. Yeah. That's on him. Well, but You hear that all the time. No, no, I, and, I, and I agree, and I, that's one of the points I wanted to make as well, is that a lot of people look at sacks and they say, that's the offensive line. Well, if you know anything about football, you realize that it's not just about the offensive line. It's the running backs. It's the quarterbacks. There's a, there's a lot of blame to go around. now, And I will say, like people say about Riley holding the ball. Well, I can tell you this, that in this offense, or the offense that the Lions have tried to run, it's a very much like the Mark Trestman offense, right? Mm-hmm. It's, these guys are, uh, Jordan McSimmick is, is, is a guy that's off that tree. Jason Moss, jo- uh, Jarius Jackson, all these guys are off that tree. So it's a very precise um, passing game where every step, means something. So if you're supposed to run a 12-yard curl, it means you run it at 12. You don't run it at 10. You don't run it at 13. And so when you do, you're not running it at 10. You're running it at 14 or 13. The quarterback is holding the ball because he doesn't know whether or not you're going to turn. So there's a lot that goes into a sack. And, um, you know, I, I just think that that was one of the big things that hurt the Lions in 2019 was that those little details that weren't being executed. And... They've really, really harped on that through training camp, and we'll see whether or not they can 
they can uh, execute it on the field. But I like their offense. I, I, Dominic Grimes is the real deal. I mean, he's proven he's a thousand yard receiver oh, in this yeah. league. Big target. Lucky Whitehead. Do I need to? You know, I mean, he's a proven commodity as well. He brings a lot of versatility to an offense. He's a guy that can, you know, I think is an underrated route runner, um, but can still do all that kind of, you know, the the reverses and the and the and the and all the kind of swing passes and quick screens that they do. He's a guy that can really help your offense, and I think he will. Well, you again hear so much bunk, you don't know what to believe. I hear they're going to throw it up and have Lucky Whitehead go get it all night. <laughs> and and they like the matchup that who Shaq Johnson's going against on the field wide side. Yeah, I just I I got BC to beat the spread, if you will. Riders are favored by six point five seven. I just I don't see it being that wide. I no. don't know. Did you get to Camelot for training camp? Yeah, I did. So I saw, I saw one whole practice because three of them got canceled because of the smoke of the smoke. Yeah. Well, I'm sure you get tired of being asked questions like, "Is Riley going to play tonight? <laughs> <laughs> What's the deal there?" Well, you know, I mean, I, I think like a lot of players, um, and I've heard of, right across the league, like you know, Bo Levi Mitchell and, and Matt Nichols. All these guys have taken some time off through training camp, and that's the other part, right? Like. I don't have to tell you here in Saskatchewan about the news that they made before training camp even started with their injuries. That's going to be another huge part of this season, I think, is what is that layoff going to do to these players? And, and, and you know, you knock on wood that it doesn't. You, you want to see these, the stars healthy and playing and um, being the stars. Uh, but I think that the, the layoff is going to have an effect on these guys. I really do. And... Um, it's just it, we're just going to have to cross our fingers and hope it doesn't happen. But as far as Michael Riley goes, uh, you know, he's, 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 there's nothing, I think, structurally wrong with him. I think that it's just, it's just soreness. And um, it's one of those things that happens during training camp. You're going you're gonna to get a sore shoulder, you're going to get a sore elbow, and you're just going to have to play through it. And I think, you know, he, he, didn't, he threw this week, um, didn't throw during practice, uh, Nathan Rourke did, and let me tell you, I saw one practice at a training camp, but I saw all four practices back in BC, and I'm excited to he's see that gamer, kid. He's a gamer, right? He's I, I just there's he's got something that you, he does. There's no panic to his game. He really he's a guy too. PD I think has really benefited from the fact that having the time off, and you think about you know getting drafted. Now all of a sudden, it wasn't like you get drafted and then three weeks later you're in a pro training camp. And by the way, here's your 200. Which happens, play, which to happens right? Yeah. What happens to everybody? Yeah. But now all of a sudden, you have the ability to learn that offense, and and especially the verbiage, which can be overwhelming for a rookie quarterback. And you get in there, and you have a whole year to kind of go over it and in the meetings and doing all those things. You can tell this kid has really paid attention, and. He really hit the ground running when he got to training camp. And usually I will say that a rookie quarterback will make one read and then there's a sense of panic to your game. Like they're not developed enough mm -hmm. in the sense that they want to look for their second and third read. Nathan Rourke has proven to me, like watching him in practice. And again, this is just practice that he's got that ability. There's no panic. First read, not there. Okay, slide, move in the pocket. Second read, third read. He has the athleticism to move around, but he also has the, the, the mentality to know where to go with the football. Played at Ohio, very mature kid, oh. and, uh, but he's still a rookie. Yes. So I'm hey, sure. Everyone's got to start someone, Roddy. <laughs> right. The Lions would be happy to not see him tonight. I don't think there's any doubt of it. It's 11 11, by the way. Make a wish.
Um, Carlos Legena is watching in Indianapolis. I don't think too many people saw last night's game going like it did. Yeah, and I'll comment on that in a moment. Um, James in Border, Manitoba says, I was really sad when the Bombers let Lucky go. He's a gamer. He's a gamer, but money talks. I like Lucky, too. He'll be well, fun, I mean, He'll it, be fun it, to watch. But Lucky, Lucky's, uh, again, I, I, I'll, even for me, like, when you, when, you, when you see a guy in games, you think, oh, God, he's like, you know, he comes in those reverses and they, out of the backfield. And, but, but, man, you mm-hmm. watch him run, run a route. Like, I mean, he's a very, very good route runner. So, um, again, when you add pieces like that to an already, I think, pretty veteran-laden offense, you know, you throw Dominic Grimes, Lucky Whitehead, Brian Burnham, Lamar Durant, Shaq Ooh. Johnson, Javon Katoy. I mean, they've 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 got good they've got good skill all across the board. And the and the thing about what I like about this version of their offense is that you know it was always Brian Burnham, Brian Burnham, Brian Burnham. And then instead the, of so doing something with Burnham, that you're going to go throw to Durant and you're going to scatter. I mean, right across the board, they've got guys that can hurt you. Um, so we'll see if that's going to translate into games. But I'm I'm excited on what I see on paper offensively. Yeah. Well, again, who knows until tonight? Uh, as Carlos and Indy said. Uh, last night's game, didn't see it coming. Very fluent, very um, up-tempo, wasn't slow. Mm-hmm. Like it, We didn't see injuries. Yeah. So let's hope that that yeah, continues keeps, tonight. It's going, yeah. But from the Saskatchewan side, Julio, I got to ask you your take on Cody Fajardo tonight because he's, he's my guy. I love well, me some Cody Fajardo. And just hang on because I've said to my buddy Mike Lee, who's probably watching right now, he's an oil man. I said, I hope there's no sophomore jinx for Cody. And he goes, no, 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 his second year was wiped out. It's gone. So, the sophomore year is gone. Yeah, so we're into year three as a starter here. Uh, what do you see for this guy out of well, Nevada? Well, I, I will honestly, we had Cody in, right. in British Columbia, and I will say one of the nicest guys you're going to meet. Just always got a smile on his face. I was always a big fan from what, when he played in college because I thought what he did in college was extraordinary at Nevada. You know, over 9,000 yards passing and over 3,000 yards rushing. I mean, this guy's an athlete, and I think he proved that um, when he uh, became a starter, is I don't think anybody thought he was going to do what he did. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. There's nobody that thought they would, he was going to do that. But um, given the opportunity, uh, you know, he was able to put a fantastic season up. Now, having said that, it's a different mentality when you get the big contract and then the expectation is, hey, you got to do it again. Here it is, and here it is, right? You, you, <laughs> hey, you were you were you know one of the best passers in the in the CFL. He was the best passer in the CFL, wasn't he yep. last year, um, or two years ago? You've got to do it again, and that's what the great ones do, right? There, there, there's a lot of examples of guys that have put up years, and then the following year, you think, what happened? In BC, we had one: Jonathan Jennings, Casey Printers. There's a lot of guys like that. Not saying that Cody's going to do that, but. You know, that's the, with, with a rookie year or, a, 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 you know, a, a breakout year comes the expectation and pressure of doing it again. And that's, that's, that's the question mark. I fully expect Cody to do it. He's got that great mentality. He's a great kid. Um, but you never know until it starts to happen. That's why we play the games. That's why we play the games. Um, but as you know, he's got the demeanor to do it. He's got God on his side. But I thought... So did the Montreal Canadiens. And how did that work out in the Stanley Cup final? They couldn't get God into the, uh, the hockey talk, guys. Don't into talk a, to me about that. Into I'm the a Leaf fan. <laughs> you're a Leaf fan? <laughs> yeah. yeah. How's that going for you? Yeah, not good. I know you're a Toronto guy. Yes. Um, but before we break, we only got two minutes left here. And you know uh, how TV goes time-wise. But this offensive line, 
for Saskatchewan, you know Boyko, he's starting left tackle. They just moved him there because you had him in BC, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, like they moved him everywhere in BC. <laughs> it just seems like a patchwork offensive line, and that's yeah. not a good thing because with continuity, well, that's what this game's all about. I know it, we don't have much time for this, um, but I will say this, Roddy, is that to me, that's where the game's going to be won and lost. Mm-hmm. Question marks on the Saskatchewan Rough Riders offensive line. Question marks about the uh, uh, British Columbia Lions uh, defensive line. They got a lot of young guys that um, have really, really, uh, I think, um, done a nice job of, of showcasing their athletic ability. They've shown everything that you want. Now they got to do it in a game. Uh, Boom Guachum, who's going to start at the, at the defensive end and go up against Boyko, I mean, everything that I've seen of him in practice has been unbelievable. Now, can he do it in a game? Can he do it when it's for real? I suspect everything I see tells me that he can. Um, you know, Josh D- Davis is one of those interior defensive linemen. Tim Bonner, if anybody who's familiar with Last Chance U, Tim Bonner mm-hmm. was in season two. He's had a great, great camp. Uh, Adea Runa is another guy who's, who's, who's done very, very well. So there's a lot of guys. There's, they've got six. They've got six young defensive linemen. So to me, if those kids can do what they did in, in, in practice and fly around and, and be athletic and, and make things happen, then we're going to have a matchup. But we don't know, right? That's the beauty of, of this game. Usually we say that in preseason, and you're able to iron out those kinks. It's, there is no preseason. It's for real, and it's, it's, those lights are going to go on pretty quickly, and, and, and they're going to realize they've gone from you know, 25 miles an hour to 100 oh, yeah. miles an hour when you walk out into that stadium with a packed house, and they're going crazy. Don't talk to me about last chance you till somebody gives Jason Brown a job. <laughs> that guy's got to be coaching. In the CFL. Really? The season three guy? You don't like him? No, I, I, I don't know if I've seen season three. He, this guy is hell on which, wheels. Which one is he? Is he the guy who got kicked? He got fired. He got fired. Okay, yeah, I have seen a little bit of him. <laughs> so yeah, he's, he's a bit, he's, he doesn't like, he's, he's, he's a little, uh, he's a little uh, I wouldn't give two squirts <laughs> a piss for what you think. It's like Chris Jones, but bigger. But, but, and that's kind of scary. <laughs> that's the 10 times bigger, 100 times bigger. I know. Yeah. Okay, you can stick around for Farhan. Is he you coming get, up? Yeah, next. Oh, okay. Love to. All right. Awesome. It is a Flame Tech Football Friday. We're brought to you here an hour or two by Core Grain. Core Grain doing the right thing for your farm. CFL on TSN's Farhan Lalji joins us next. You're watching on Game Plus TV Network across all 10 provinces and 31 states. Live daily on YouTube and Facebook and 24-hour sports radio for Suds. Full service car wash at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Attention listeners across the galaxy, all the way from Australia to Houston, do we have a pube problem? If so, our friends at Manscaped have cleared you for takeoff with their fourth generation and brand new Lawnmower 4.0. Kick your pubes to the next planet with a performance package 4.0. The orbits in your pants will feel like you're in zero gravity when you use the best tools for the job from the leaders in male grooming. Trust me, you're listening to a happy customer. Join the two million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get your rocket ready for takeoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. For a clean trinity and beyond, your space balls will thank you. Trust me.
laid back and kicking it. Let's head back to the studio. Here's Rob. Welcome back, everybody. It's a uh, Flame Tech Football Friday. We're getting ready for week one in the CFL. Last night, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers beat the Hamilton Tiger Cats 19-6. Friday night, it's the BC Lions at the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And on Saturday, it's a doubleheader. The Argos at the Stampeders rematch of the 1971 Grey Cup. And then later on, it's Ottawa at Edmonton. Rematch of the 2015 Grey Cup, believe it or not. Any questions or comments you have, fire them our way. Prairie Mobile text line 306-840-8777. It's our distinct honor to be joined by TSN's Farhan Lalji, who's in town for the game tonight, but unable to join Julio and I in the bunker. How are you doing, Farhan? I'm good. I was disappointed I couldn't join you in the bunker, especially Julio, who I just don't see enough, even though we live close to one another back home. How are you, big man? (laughs) I'm good. I'm excited for today, finally. I mean, yesterday was so cool to just watch a game again, watch a CFL game and to see fans in the stadium and, and to see the names we know. I mean, it, you know, once you watch it, you feel like we've been doing this for a while and, and you know, you, you forget that it's been 20 months, but it was a lot of fun to be with our crew and just watch it like we did pre-2019. Yeah, well, last night's game was so much fun. TSN with the aerial shots I thought were amazing, the uh, the cable shot on the opening kickoff, all of that. So is there more advancements that we'll see, or is this just a week one opening night thing for Hunt? I think it's a bit of both. I think they are going to push the envelope on more of the games, but they certainly wanted to make an impression uh, this particular week, uh, not just this week, but this weekend. So you'll see a lot more of it, and a lot of it is just kind of how broadcasts evolve. So. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't dive into all of those discussions on a regular basis, but I, I do know from a production quality standpoint, they're pretty excited about what's to come this year. Outstanding. Before we get into tonight's game, and I know you're ready for it to be on the sidelines, how about the biggest news, breaking news in the CFL today, the Edmonton Elks walkthrough canceled because of COVID protocol. You're at the tip of the spear of CFL information. What can you tell us today about what's happened in Edmonton? Well, obviously, there were a couple of positive COVID tests somewhere along the way. Now, the team is going through the protocol after that of, of retesting. Uh, you know, the players, um, they've got to take a rapid antigen tests to begin with. That's what they're uh, obligated to do. And then after that, you know, if there's positive tests there, to make sure that the, you know, the other tests weren't false positives, they go through the PCR tests at that point. And teams generally test twice a week anyway, right? And, and generally, the timing of those tests is a day before the game and a day after the game, right? So, you know, those are uh, those are important benchmarks, but there's not a lot of panic yet. The facility's still open. The players are all there. Uh, you know, I, I just um, I think the hope is that a few of these are false positives and, you know, they're, they're not concerned about an outbreak at this point, but, uh, you know, you, you never know how it's going to turn out. But, you know, the threshold is different than it was early in the hockey season when a few positive tests meant to, a can- meant to cancellation and a, and a delay and shut the facility down and all of that. We're not at that point, and there really isn't a concern right now that the game tomorrow is in, in any kind of jeopardy. We'll talk about those other games a little later on uh, tonight. We want you to discuss the Riders and Lions. And Julio, you jump in any time. I mean, last night, the marquee on this TSN broadcast was Michael Riley and Cody Fajardo. And I would always say that's the matchup. But it feels like there's more than that going into tonight. What do you think are the big matchups? Well, you know, honestly, I, I do think that uh, Michael Riley, that Michael Riley, that part of it is a really intriguing part of the matchup, and that's that's no knock on Cody. It's just that Cody's practiced all of camp, and you kind of have a sense of, you know, you know what you're going to get. I, I think from the Fajardo standpoint, I want to see how, uh, you know, his skill set meshes with Jason Moss's playbook. You know, Cody told me interestingly enough that the Riders had 400 plays when training camp started. 
And this week, they've got 500 plays, like when camp ended. And on their call sheet for the coming game, they've got about 120 plays available. Now, it shouldn't surprise you because if you know Jason Moss, it is a thick, thick playbook. So Cody's had the opportunity to say, look, I like this. I don't like this. And and he even got him to trim down the call sheet, but he got it trimmed down to about 120. Uh, so, you know, that that's a different thing that he's got to deal with, right? Because when you look at Moss as a coordinator, he's generally this guy that from the Tressman school that, okay, if the play has been run, once the play's been run, cross it off the list, right? Because you've got so many available to you. And, you know, whereas a coach like Stephen McAdoo a year ago, if it worked, he's going to keep running it over and over and over. That's his mentality. The big thing for me is what's Mike Riley going to look like given the fact that he's practiced like less than five days in the last month? You know, during training camp, I think he had three days of practice in total. And then this week he practiced on Sunday and he hasn't practiced since. I mean, he's been there taking all the mental reps and has been dressed, but he hasn't been actually throwing the ball at that point. Has he been doing a little bit of work during warm-up and behind the scenes? A little bit, but, uh, you know, just hasn't been out there ripping it during during team periods and trying to develop that timing. So, you know, I, I know that he looked good on Sunday. He was 12 for 12 that day uh, in terms of his completions during those team periods in, in with the first team. But, boy, I you know, Julio, you can attest to this. I mean, you've got to get comfortable with your guys. Yeah. Uh, I just don't know you can get dropped into a full game situation with live practices in the last month. Well, yeah, you're absolutely right. And uh, that, to me, is going to be the biggest question mark because no matter how much experience you have, there is no substitute for, you know, getting the reps and actually doing it for sure. You can have all the mental reps you want. But I will say this, though, Farhan, like Michael Riley's going to start this game, but the kid that really has impressed me is Nathan Rourke. Watching him get yeah. all the reps that he was getting in team and eight-on-eight eight and all the stuff that he was doing – I mean, I am just more and more convinced this kid's the real deal. I mean, I was just thoroughly well, impressed. Yeah, and you know what? Honestly, so are the Lions. And that's a complete change, right? Uh, like, uh, I'll give you my, my Nathan Rourke story because I've gotten to know this guy since his first year at Ohio University. And when he first signed and came to BC after the 2020 draft, I spoke to him about getting some work done with Rob Williams, who's a local trainer in uh, in North Vancouver. You know him, Julio. Yeah. And, and he does a really, really good job of, of – adding velocity and he's kind of a guy that's blowing up in the quarterback scene uh, down in the United States with the number of virtual training he's doing with top NCAA quarterbacks and things of that nature and the knock on Nathan coming out of Ohio is that yeah he can run the ball but can he throw it well enough with enough velocity to get uh, into the CFL and have a successful professional career and honestly I'm not sure the Lions thought he could like when you look at the upper end of the Lions organization I think there was some thought that Ed Hervey might have reached taking him in the second round no knock on Rourke as a player but you know the draft is about supply and demand and generally there's not a huge demand for Canadian quarterbacks or quarterbacks generally in the draft because of how ratios and rosters are normally set up and I, I think that they weren't taking him all that seriously a month ago or two months ago right they just thought I probably got taken a little high and we're talking about him because he's Canadian and he might not have the arm talent to play at this level. Then a week before camp starts, they all see him at the facility throwing the receivers when they're just kind of running around doing their thing. And they're like, holy cow. And, and the light just turned on and the narrative changed around him. And, and I remember Neil McAvoy telling me at this point, if we saw this guy at a U.S. workout, we would have signed him on the spot. Yeah. And he's improved uh, throughout camp, and they've they've been so impressed with his velocity, which they didn't think he had, his command, and his his 
decision making, just his quick decision making. And, you know, talking to Rick Campbell now, he's like, look, this guy is going to have a very, very good career in this league. And if we had to play him this week, we don't think he'd be completely phased. You know, what's going on uh, with 35,000 fans at Mosaic and having to deal with all of that. So uh, I, I think that if they've got to go to him, they feel comfortable. But boy, you know, I'm I'm not comfortable or thinking that that's the right thing yeah. for a quarterback to make your debut at Mosaic in front of a sold out crowd. It'd be a cool moment, but uh, if I was if I was the Riders at that point, I just I just see blood in the water, right yeah. after him pretty aggressively. You know, and to Rod's point earlier, I, I think that you know that pressure that you think the Riders are going to provide, regardless, right? I think the test will be um, the Riders are going to go after BC's offensive line to see if, in fact, they have improved because they were so bad in 2019. And from the Lions' perspective, their young D-line is probably going to test the left side of that Riders' O-line with Boyko and, and Logan Furland uh, as well to see what they're all about. Um, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think that's where the game's going to be won and lost. You mean the, you, the, the, the both both teams at the line of scrimmage because Did I think I everyone else. I can't hear everybody. Well, we, I think his headphones died. <laughs> we got you. Can you hear us? Hello, Farhan. How about that? Hey, someone wanted me to ask him uh, or ask Farhan about what he thinks about uh, Obam Guachim. Is he the next Cam Wake? I know that I've heard that. Uh, Is he? I've, I've heard. I've heard that. Hey, listen. I've had an opp- opportunity to talk to him a couple of times. The kid is a fantastic kid. You know, just to give you a little insight on him, he was a recruit at Oregon State as a receiver. Mm-hmm. He played three years as a receiver, and then moved to defense. And so he's still learning, but man, oh man, he's, he, he reminds me a little bit of, of Willie Jefferson in the sense that he's got, he's got long arms, very, very right. athletic, and just is, is, is just super quick. Well, we'll be watching him tonight then. Obum, watch him. I said boom. That. Oh, boom. He, we asked him. We said, what do you, he goes, boom. Boom. How about that for a defensive lineman? Uh, boom. Yeah. Well, Toby Antigua. Do you remember him? D yeah, lines oh, with yeah. the bombers. Yeah. Now he was the same thing. He was a receiver in college and yeah, long levers. I guess that's what they're going for now. Yeah. While we get Farhan back, we have a text come in from the six four seven. That's your hometown, right? Yeah. Toronto. Yeah. Is it not? Yeah, I think so. This has got a question. Which CFL team had the Farhan? One second. I'll put this to you too. From the six four seven viewer watching in Toronto, got a question. Which CFL team had the best off season? I mean, we're all looking ahead. I haven't thought about that. Who do you think yeah, had that? I mean, Argos? Yeah. That's probably why the yeah, Toronto Yeah, wants I think that. Toronto, there's a lot of change there. Yeah. And, and Stubes is there now, right? He's, the, he's yes. the defense coordinator. I will say this. I'm a big, rich Stubler fan mm-hmm. because the guy, all he does is create great defense. I mean, he just, no matter where he goes, he has that capability. So you know it might take them a while. But you know that they're going to be they'll they'll play very good defense, which is going to give them a chance. Well, let's remember we got two off seasons smushed into one here, yeah. and I would say BC had a tremendous draft with Jordan Williams and Nathan Rourke signing a bunch of these guys. You guys have just been talking about, yeah. So BC's had a tremendous off season. But uh, Farhan, we got you back. Before we let you go, we'll just move on from this game. There's the doubleheader tomorrow in Alberta. Are you? I assume you're part of one of those. No, I'm not. I'm just doing the game in Regina today, and then I'll head back to Vancouver. But, um, yeah, you know, the, as far as the most improved team, I do tend to agree that it is the Argos. Uh, on paper, over a two-year stretch, they have completely turned over their roster. And, and I'm so impressed 
with what they've done. I mean, when you look at the explosive playmakers they've got at receiver, when you look at what they've done along their defensive line with Shane Ray and Charleston Hughes, and you're not going to see Cordero Law this weekend, but eventually you will, and he's been very good. Uh, you know, just the entirety of what they've done, you could make the case they've got the best Canadians in the league right now, just, you know, top to bottom. Uh, they've got everything in place, except they've got a young quarterback, if, yeah. you know, if and when they get to uh, to Nick Arbuckle and McLeod Bethel-Thompson is going to be the guy this week. I, I know that Arbuckle's been injured at times during training camp, so they've got some questions of quarterback and they've got a rookie head coach, but in terms of their roster, you know, I, I think it's exceptional. I think they are by far the most improved team in the league on paper, and I'm picking them to beat I'm picking them to beat Calgary in Calgary, right? Because you look at Calgary and there are questions in the secondary, uh, there are questions on defense regardless, and even in the receiving core. I mean, they've got real, real questions. And we always think Calgary is going to get it done because they always do get it done. But I think both of these teams have a real short window. It's a 14-game schedule now. Julio, you talked about Rich Stubler. Eventually they figure it out, but not going to be any good if you don't figure it out until the final six games of the season, right? Like, you need yeah. to figure it out sooner in in this season so in the case of toronto they've brought in so many veterans i like their chances to figure it out sooner than maybe calgary depending on you know how things work out with their when, coaches when was, and then you've got edmonds when was the last time you said that farhan about calgary totally right and, yeah, and that's, that's yeah, weird to hear you know, someone say that that coming out of the gate that the calgary stampeders might not be what everyone thinks they are well and usually they've got you know one or two questions but i look at them and i, I think they're starting 15 new players like yeah. 15 out of 22 from what the team looked like in 2019 and Absolutely. many of those are first time cfl starters so they've got massive questions and i completely believe in calgary's coaching staff right i mean they, they've always proven that from dave dickinson all down uh you know mark Killam with their special teams and just you know coordinators on both sides of the ball brett monson at on the defensive side this is a good good coaching staff and if, if any group can figure it out and get them ready it's that group you know when we look at when we look at toronto's again younger head coach he surrounded himself with some veteran assistant coaches but you know that part of it's going to be really interesting too and as far as this edmonton game you know, I, you know, I think both teams are, are really banged up and have their own sets of questions. I look at, like, look, I look at last night's game, and I think the biggest difference in that game was Hamilton's offensive line was terrible compared to Winnipeg's defensive line. And, and part of that mismatch is it goes to both sides, right? Like, was Winnipeg that good or was Hamilton that bad? You know, and, and I tend to think a bit of the latter, to be quite honest, without Chris Van Zyl. So if you're Edmonton today and you look at the questions they've got at offensive tackle, and I think there's some pretty good underrated players on the defensive side of the ball in Ottawa. So I, I might be the only guy in the country that's actually picking Ottawa to win this game. Uh, you know, as a bit of an upset special, but uh, there's going to be some intriguing matchups in that one across the board as well. Fantastic games uh, here in week one. Farhan, I always appreciate the time. Thank you for it and uh, appreciate visiting with you. Uh, have a great call tonight. Thanks. And I'm so pumped to be a part of this. You know, Rick Campbell has said to his players, you should feel privileged to be in Regina at Mosaic for this game. I know Julio and I are feeling the same, like just Absolutely. the first game in 20 months. We both get to open it up here. Oh, can't wait. Awesome. That is a fact. Thanks, Farhan. And a sellout, too, right, by the way, you know, just under 30,000 last night in Winnipeg. So I guess Winnipeg got the jump in terms of huge crowds in this country. Yeah, but, but a sellout tonight. Yeah. It's this is this is. With all due respect, okay, coming to this place, this kind of scenario. That's what you want. Come on. It just doesn't get any better than this, does it? No. you got to love the game, love all the stuff, but coming to this city, opening the season, 
surrounded by everything that's happened. It's just it's it, the place is just going to be thumping as far as moving. Oh, I yeah. figured they're going to move some of those stands. How loud it's going to be? So, yeah, it's a huge privilege to be here and, and be a part of this. And uh, I expect the game will match that. I, I hope really so. Do. I really yeah. do. I really hope that they can go out there and and you know I, I'm I'm I'd like to see a few mistakes because it'll open things up. You yeah. know, I, I hope that it's not like a like I said like seven eight turnovers. I, I you're going to see a few mistakes. If someone can capitalize on those mistakes, maybe it opens things up and start, the team starts to take a, little, a few ch- chances. Um, but I suspect that uh, this is going to be a little rough around the edges. Yeah, which makes it fun, Which too. is going to so. make it fun, too. <laughs> Julio, always great. Thanks, Thanks for the buddy. time. It's good to see you. Have a good game so, tonight. Thanks, always buddy. good to see you. Yeah. Julio Caravada from the BC Lions broadcast crew. Moose will be back in here. we got a lot of business to take care of, and we'll start viewer takeover early. You're watching the RP Show on the Game Plus TV network, YouTube, and Facebook Live, and 24-hour sports radio for Suds Full Service Car Wash at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Oh, yeah. He's back. Time for more of the Rod Peterson Show. Welcome back, everybody. What a great show today. Flame Tech Football Friday. Ryan H. watching on YouTube says, Great football analysis with Farhan and Julio doing Flame Tech proud. Oh, How yeah. about that? How about Look who's that? back, by the way. Moose. Hey, guys. You're going to sweat to death in that bunny hug you got on. I'm worried about you. I'm uh, internally climate control. Okay. I'm good. Uh, Football Fridays brought to you by Flame Tech, locally owned and operated industry leaders in commercial and industrial combustion technology. Flame Tech, Football Friday. Uh, Clark mentioned that we should talk about landmark cinemas again, and why not? I just love me some movies. I'm a movie guy. <sighs> And our poll question today on Twitter, if I can call it up, if you can give me a minute here. And the poll question every day is for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center. Which movie do you want to see most at Landmark Cinemas this weekend? Your options, Suicide Squad, which starts tonight, Green Knight, Disney's Jungle Cruise, or Space Jam. And running away with it, 60% of the vote on Twitter is Suicide Squad. Whoa. Yeah. Well, it's new. And a uh, big Margot Robbie fan over here. Right. Um, she's awesome. And uh, yeah, there right. she is. Oh. She was in uh, awesome. the one about Fox News. What was the one? Oh, yes. She was absolutely in that one. She was in Birds of Prey as the same character and in the original Suicide Squad. Bombshell. Uh, bombshell, yes. Very good show. <laughs> Just, sorry. <laughs> but we're talking about we're Suicide Squad. Something. Bombshell. That's a, <laughs> Right. <laughs> Uh, experience the Suicide Squad in Laser Ultra at Landmark Cinemas, the ultimate in sight, sound, and comfort. Tickets on sale now at LandmarkCinemas.com. And by the way, if you can purchase your seats ahead of time, doesn't it make life a whole lot easier? Mm-hmm. Landmark Cinemas. So, awesome. I, hey, my vote was for Green Knight, but I'm thinking I'm going to watch them all. Last Saturday, I went to a doubleheader. Like yes. I said, I'm a big movie guy. Jungle Cruise. We're not even talking about it because we've seen it. But so good if you haven't seen you it. You got to go. You have to go see Jungle Cruise. That. Nelson Hackowitz, our VP of Sim Events, writes in and says, uh, Jungle Cruise sounds like a kid's movie. Maybe not quite a kid's movie. No, it's like the Flintstones. You think it's a cartoon, but it's the adult humor that gets you. The adult right. humor keeps the adults entertained, but the yeah. kids don't get it. So it's still a kid's movie and an adult's movie. 
It's a weird like that. James in Borden, Manitoba says, man, Football Friday is great when we actually have games to talk about. Right? Two years. Uh, well, a year and a half, I guess, of no games, and somehow we filled it. And thank you for sticking with us because, yeah, it's a heck of a lot more fun now. Uh, sports update. The Canadian women's soccer team made history by reaching the Olympic final for the first time. And then Julia Grosso, with a big assist from goalkeeper Stephanie Labbe, made sure their team was on the right side of that gold medal final. Grosso's winner gave Canada a 3-2 decision over Sweden today on penalty kicks after the teams were tied at one at the end of regulation and extra time. Canada's Mo Ahmed has raced to a silver medal in the men's 5,000 meters at the Tokyo Games. It's Canada's first Olympic medal in that event. Star sprinter Andre de Grasse led Canada to a bronze in the men's 4 by 100 relay at the Tokyo Games today. And uh, the Blue Jays open a four-game series with the Boston Red Sox tonight at Rogers Center. Jays 6-1 and one since returning to their home facility at the end of July. After tonight's game, the teams will play a doubleheader before closing up the series Sunday. This sports update for dubnetwork.ca, your number one source for Western Hockey League breaking news and analysis. Visit today, dubnetwork.ca. Love me some dub. Hence the Blades shirt today, Moose. And uh, for Ben Cahoon's G2G Protein Bars. Ben Cahoon! CFL opening week. How can you not love and talk about Ben Cahoon? I know. Now with eight amazing flavors, including my favorite, the Almond Coconut. Had mine today already. RP Show viewers get 20% off of the promo code RP Show. Order yours now at G2GBars.ca. Next segment, we'll do the Original 16 Ultra Update. We haven't seen Moose for so long today. Can you please give me your take on tonight's football match between Saskatchewan and BC at Mosaic Stadium? I'm extremely, extremely nervous and concerned for Cody Fajardo. Mm. extremely concerned. I'm really not sure. I mean, our boy Brett Boyko, I believe, is starting, right? Yeah. So he's the one guy I'm really comfortable with. Um, But I'm really nervous for the offensive line. I think Cody's going to be under a lot of pressure all night. Um, I hope he's not. Um, I hope they've got things figured out. We were, you know, hearing them talk about the playbook and Jason Moss. Well, you know, if, if the offensive line is thin and weak, I'm confident Jason Moss will have a game plan around that. Get the ball out of Cody's hands quicker. Get it into your playmaker's hands. Get it into the hands of Swerve and Shaq Evans and, you know, see what you can do on the ground. But I'm a little nervous. And, you know, I think it'll be a little sloppy tonight. I, I'm not expecting a ton of points. But it's a big unknown in BC, too. We don't know what Mike Riley's going to look like, what their offensive line's going to look like. So... I think there's a lot of, you know, we don't want to make predictions because nobody has an idea of what's going to happen in these first few games. Well, I go back to last night in Winnipeg and all the odds makers and the analysts just thought it was going to be a Hamilton romp and it it didn't happen. I mean, the games are won on the line of scrimmage and that's how Winnipeg won the game last night. Zach Caleros turned back the clock. And to be honest, the game kind of went the way that I expected. It was better quality of play. Winnipeg won at 19-6, as we've been saying. It's a bit of a CFL sim-type score last night. But other than that, game looked pretty normal to me. And now BC and Saskatchewan need to match the level. And actually, we'll talk about that when we come back, okay, with the uh, ultra update mm-hmm. and business of the week. And final thoughts on this Football Friday when we, when we return. You're watching on the Game Plus TV network, YouTube and Facebook live streaming, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. 
You got something to say? You want to add to this show? What are you waiting for? Don't just sit there. Say something. Now, back to the studio with Rod. Welcome back, everybody. Seems like everybody's suitably excited that the Canadian Football League is back. Of course, I see a little bit of a war in the comments from people regarding the vaccinated, unvaccinated. Blah, blah, blah. I'm, I'm not getting into that, but if people want to argue with that, they certainly can. Um, as I mentioned, week one in the CFL opening last night, and it continues tonight, and that's where I'd like to go with the original 16 Ultra update. Are you ready, Clark? Uh, and we're off. The 2021 CFL season kicked off Thursday night in Winnipeg with the Blue Bombers raising their 2019 Grey Cup banner, then dispatching the Hamilton Tiger Cats 19-6 on Thursday night football. The Tiger Cats were favored by 3.5 points, but I couldn't move off a bomber victory, and they came through. So many things to discuss coming out of that game. For starters, hats off to the players and coaches for playing top-notch football. Insiders predicted sloppy or bad football in the early going, but there was no sign of that at IG Field. The NFL missed the preseason in 2020 and came out fluent in week one as well. And this looked like the same thing. I just can't applaud the players and coaches enough for putting the work in to accomplish that. And the refs looked pretty good too. And it always seems like Zach Caleros has to prove something. He knows that and he's okay with it. The 32-year-old threw for over 200 yards Thursday night, two touchdowns and no interceptions. It was a very clean outing for Zach. There were just shy of 30,000 fans at IG Field, but it looked like a sellout. The aerial shots of beautiful IG Field on TSN looked tremendous. The crowd looked jubilant and double vaccinated too. Yes, there were some uprisings on Twitter when bomber players like Kenny Lawler and Jermarcus Hardwick jumped into the crowd after touchdowns. But if the health authorities don't care, why would you and I? So the Riders, Lions, and Rider Nation have some work to do to match the bar set in Winnipeg last night at Mosaic Stadium. But I have no doubt that they will. <laughs> nice job. That? Well, that? well done. Bob's well done. An original 16 update. An original 16 beer to fit your active lifestyle. Superior taste with only 80 calories and 2.5% alcohol. Taste without compromise. Purchase at a store near you today. I really got the sense, Moose, watching your Twitter feed last night that you were just giddy and over the moon to put your feet up and sit on the couch and watch CFL football last oh, night. Oh, man, I had the double header gone. And it was, it's hard because, like you, the squirrel, right? Yeah. Not quite. No, I may be as bad, but it's just like, then you remember to mute one and unmute the other one for a little bit when one goes to a commercial break. Yeah. And, but no, I was just in love with watching, watching football last night. Um, and the football was really good. It was I pretty it was- good. Like... It got a little bit, um, I don't want to say sloppy, but the defenses got better in the mid part of that game. And what surprised me, neither team got into the red zone. Neither team got into the red zone until like eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. All those scores early were bombs. Nobody was in the red zone until the fourth quarter. So the defenses played really, really well. There was some execution on offense. Sacaleros was running for his life, but man, did he make things happen. I mean, he made things happen with his legs and his ability to scramble, and we'll see if that continues tonight. Craig Smith, our director of scouting, was in here earlier, and uh, he wants to come back soon because he didn't get nearly enough time to get to his thoughts. But one thing he said, and I'll just relate it here, is while the layoff was really bad for a lot of players, obviously, ask those that are all 
on the injured list, potentially for the season because their bodies just didn't respond to coming back. He thinks Zach Caleros' body, it was a benefit to him. Mm-hmm. And think about that for a second, for his head, for his knee, for all the various ailments that a, how many years has he been in the league? 10, 11-year quarterback has had. It has benefited Zach. He looked all of that last night. The question is tonight, yeah, Cody Fajardo. What's the protection situation for him? How do his receivers rise up for him? He's got all the weapons on offense. It's that protection. Because if he doesn't have it, everything breaks down. From Mountain Tate, watching on YouTube, says, Call me crazy, but I'm hoping for an extreme amount of fireworks for the opening tonight. I guess you just got to go. That's the one thing I wish TSN showed the intros of the teams. They never really have, have they? Not, Not that I recall. Only in the Grey Cup. Only in the Grey Cup, right. Because there was a game, I'll never forget, 2014, I think. The uh, Riders, we had played in Ottawa against the Red Blacks and then stayed out there and went right into Winnipeg. It was a short week, right? And it was, if you know IG Field, the tunnels are at each end. Not the side, right? They come in from the, behind the uprights. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget the fireworks. The smoke was going off. And O'Shea was coaching them. And Chandler was coaching us. And the teams came out, boom, right at midfield, like two rams on a mountaintop cliff. Smoke everywhere. And O'Shea, the riders did not respect, shockingly, the Bombers' introductions in terms of timing and stuff. So O'Shea is yelling something at Chamberlain through the smoke. And you know Chain, he's giving it right back to O'Shea. I'm like, yeah, let's go. TSN didn't cover any of it because they don't. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I saw it. I guess it was on the big screen or something is where I saw that. And I'm like, yeah. So I just wish that they would show those introductions. Unless I'm completely crazy, but I don't remember them seeing them for a very long time, as you said, other than Grey Cup. The MySask411 Business of the Week. We do it every Friday for our friends at Direct West. The MySask 411 app. This week, it is Regency Palace Family Restaurant. Since 2001, Regency Palace has served the people of Regina and loyal patrons of the store always come in for the Peking duck, ginger beef, and almond prawns. Mm. Find them on MySask 411 today. It works like a phone book, but in your hand, download the app. It's on my main screen you got to love it. My Sask 411 Business of the Week is Regency Palace Family Restaurant. Well, we've come to the end of a, uh, another week, Moose. Mm-hmm. Jennifer down at the Four Seasons says, enjoy your fabulous football weekend, everybody. I'll say the same to you, Jennifer. And your headquarters uh, when in town for these Rough Rider games is the Four Seasons Sports Palace. They bring you overtime, your home for the UFC and the Seattle Kraken Fan Club. There we go. That's it. All right. We'll see you Monday. We got Manny Arsenault joining us and NFL, CFL veteran Brandon London from Giants TV. Ah, he can tell us what's up. That'll be good. For the brawl for it all. See you Monday. For more Rod Peterson on demand, visit rodpeterson.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.